Welcome, my friends. Welcome to my world. I'm your host, Kevin Rutherford. It is Wednesday, October 5th. I almost said September. Can't believe it's October already. We are here live. It's uh, time to bring Lauren in. Lauren, welcome. Thanks, Kevin. Really interesting conversation with Dr. Ruiz today. Yeah. Love having him on here. Yeah, that was fun. We had him on here a couple of years ago. We used to do a lot more guests. Uh, we're kind of getting back to that again. Uh, but we, we've had him on before. Um, he's got a great, uh, great approach to a lot of things. I agree. I'd love to have him back on here at some point to talk more about thyroid. It seems yes. that more and more, more and more people calling in that have thyroid issues too. So really trying to connect those dots. And, you know, I, I hear that the numbers are one out of five women will have a thyroid disease as well as one in 10 men. So yeah, it's, it, it's all around us. It is. And, you know, I think it's pretty clear that it's part of this um, stress cycle we're going through. You know, we talked about even referring to this as PTSD, you know, that, that what we've been through <laughs> in the last couple of years was, was traumatic enough that, people will be suffering those kinds of symptoms. And we see it in every statistic. Alcohol use is up, drug use is up, suicide is up, depression, every bad statistic, we we can see how that stress is affecting this. And we can also see that people are reaching for the absolute worst things to try to deal with this stress. They're, they're, They're reaching for things that are going to make the problem far worse. Yeah, I I couldn't agree with you more. So, yeah, Yeah. very, very interesting conversation that you had. And really just addressing stress from his perspective was was interesting as well. So, yeah, I look forward to having him on here again. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, what's new and exciting in your world this week? Hey, you know what? Um, Before you do that, we have had somebody who called Mm -hmm. in right when the show started and uh, I want to take that call. Oh. What do you think? Let's do that. All definitely. right. Let's do that. Let's go to Nashville. Paul, thanks for being patient. Can we help you with today? Hey, Kevin. How are you? Good. I had a couple recommendations. Have you heard of Paul Gauchi? Uh, Up in Square in Washington? Doesn't sound familiar. He's the one that developed that back to Eden gardening method. I think you'd find him fascinating. Oh, give me that name again. It's um, Paul's his first name, and it's G-A-U-T-C-H-I. All right, got it. Gardening. You'd love that guy. You'd nerd out on his method. And then I can't remember. Have you heard of Elliot Coleman? No, that doesn't sound familiar either. He's another guy you need to check out. He was born in New Jersey, if I'm not mistaken. He's living in Maine, but he's growing lettuce up there year-round. Yeah, that's that's one of the things I'm kind of getting interested in this year is um, growing throughout the winter. Yeah, he said if you take a hoop pot, like a low tunnel... And plant inside of that, that basically moves your growing zone 600 miles south. And if you take a hoop house over the top of a low tunnel in Maine, you're basically Florida. That's interesting. 
Yeah. You know, the 1200 miles. Yeah. That, that's a, a big shift that, you know, it's pretty incredible. My goal, my goal starting right now, I'm kind of planting, uh, I'm doing more work in the garden right now than I did in the spring because I'm planting a new garden again and I'm harvesting everything that's maturing right now. Uh, my goal is to be able to harvest something out of the garden every month out of the year. Yeah, that would be awesome. Yeah, and it won't be a lot. I mean, it, there are some limitations. You, I don't care. You know, you're not going to grow tomatoes in there. I mean, things that need high energy, um, you're just not going to be able to grow. That's why most of the stuff that gets grown in the winter, like greens and lettuce and spinaches and things like that, they don't need a ton of energy. No. The other question I had, the Garmin uh, Instinct 2, I'm not driving over the road anymore. Is there a benefit to the diesel addition? Help? the health tracking part of it or is the no. instinct to the same the instinct okay. is the same the the only difference and you can get it anywhere it's not that big of a deal i mean we would just give it to you the the diesel has my workouts on it the instinct two wouldn't have those okay. but like i said that's not worth getting the diesel just for that all right that's all i have all right thanks for the call good stuff uh Thanks, Kevin. You're welcome. Lauren, so, uh, you know, I, I've been doing this big push on stress, and I think I've, I've made a lot of breakthroughs. I think my most recent breakthrough, we talked about it last week, and we're, we're going to be following up, um, the proper use of adaptogens. I, I'm pretty excited about that. You know, I've, I've come a long way on the stress protocol. The adaptogens were kind of uh, frustrating me because I, I just don't see them working. Now I think I'm starting to understand why. Uh, it's just like in the beginning, I said supplements didn't work. Well, they don't work if you don't use them, right? Um, I think it's the same thing. I just don't think a lot of people understand adaptogens. I, I definitely agree. And there are so many different types of adaptogens and which one would work better for you. And there's a lot going on there with those. I agree. Yeah, so I'm, I'm really looking forward to this. Um, Danielle is just a wealth of knowledge on this. I got my um, I got my moringa tree delivered yesterday, so I've already replanted it. Oh, thank you. Yeah, that's so cool. How big is it? Uh, it's bigger than I thought. I ordered a four or five foot. It's every bit of five feet. It's pretty tall. Wow. Yeah. So that's great. I'm putting it in a pretty small pot. I actually want to limit the growth. I don't want it getting any bigger than this. So put it in a pretty small pot. I yeah, because you're not going to harvest that much. It, of it. Right. Right. You, you yeah. only harvest a little at a time. Exactly. And very little goes a long way. <laughs> yeah. Um, we had in Costa Rica, there was a ton of moringa, and we were actually curious. I was working on a cattle ranch there. We were curious if it could be used for supplemental feed for the cattle, um, but we never really got got into it. I don't. Huh. I don't think they had any interest in it. So yeah. interesting, though. Wow. Yeah. So uh, I'm kind of excited about the whole uh, adaptogen thing because, I, like I said before, I knew there had to be something to it. I mean, this is the oldest medicine on the planet. These are the first things we identified thousands of years ago that had an impact on our health. And now it seems like we, mm -hmm. I don't know, it's, it's, it's confusing, it's complicated, we're not getting results, but now I'm starting to understand why. Um, you know, even 
Dr. Ruiz said one of the things we talk about all the time, you will never out supplement a bad diet. You will never outwork a bad diet. So we've known that. And once you fix those things, then supplements can actually work. You know, if you have the right diet and the right lifestyle and you target the right supplements, they work. I mean, I'm a believer. I never used to be. I think what we're going to find with these adaptogens is along the same lines, except if you don't change your lifestyle, these aren't going to work. Yeah, I agree. I agree. I think, I think we've come to realize that lifestyle, which includes diet, is really the first step in everything. You can't, you're absolutely right. There's no, there's no magic anything that's going right. to take place of a healthy diet and proper lifestyle. There just isn't. Yeah, as much you, as people want to believe it, it doesn't exist. Yeah, and uh, you know, that's every time I used to read about these adaptogens, I'm like, well, this is amazing. Look, they have all this proof. They do this, they do that. that but yet in the real world, they don't seem to do much of anything. And, but now I'm starting to understand why. Um, we, we have to make that lifestyle change. We have to build that stress muscle. Um, the other thing, and I talked about this with, uh, Dr. Ruiz, uh, and I've talked about this before, but every day I seem to, you know, my belief in this gets stronger. All stress is physical. All stress is physical. That's the part I- we're concerned about is the physical response. Yes, your mind can create all kinds of stress in your life. There's no doubt about that. But the stress itself is a physical response. Absolutely. It raises your heart rate. It causes cortisol to be released, which also releases stored glucose. So when people are super stressed and their blood regulation is off, they don't realize that they need to get that stress down in order to regulate that blood sugar. It's not going to just be diet. And we see it constantly, don't we? Yeah. Yeah. And, and we now know, and like I said, I, I, I'm still looking for books, courses, anything on stress that approaches it this way. And nothing does. We, we tend to approach stress from the mental aspect only. We always talk about meditation and mindfulness and, well, you just need to get out of those stressful situations, and, but you can't. You, you cannot avoid stress. It's impossible. You can take some breaks from it now and then, and that might not be a bad idea, but that's not going to fix the problem. You, we have to, to physically strengthen our body. That, that's what this all comes down to. There's there's very little we're going to do mentally that's going to fix this problem. Some mindfulness, some meditation can't hurt. It's not going to fix this. What fixes mm-hmm. it is making our body physically stronger. That's what this comes down to. That, that's the whole way we are going to stop the damage that stress does to us is by making our body physically stronger against stress. I agree. I definitely agree. You know, yesterday the NTA uh, had a workshop on stress. It was, I want to say it was like three or three and a half hours long. And I didn't get a chance to log into it. I know Sarah did and she reached out to me. So I'm, I'm very interested to see what they had to say. 
Um, so I plan on watching that this week sometime because, you know, they have the recordings online. So I'm going to definitely see what they have to say. Cause I mean, a three to three and a half hour conversation on stress. I, you know, they, they, I would hope they have something interesting in there. So I'll keep you posted on that. Yeah. If you get to it, I want to watch it too. If you get to it before I do, let me know. Um, I want to know if they're, if they're even attempting to talk about what I'm talking about here. Whether they're actually, if there's yeah, anything thanks. in that course about physically making your body stronger against stress, because I'm not seeing that anywhere, really. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that this idea oh, of, you know. yeah, what um, ev- everything that seems to build our stress muscle to make us more resilient against stress, it, it all really revolves around making yourself uncomfortable. Yeah. <laughs> it's stress. It's actually the stresses. Yes. It's putting your body through a stressor that, so that you can bounce back quicker. It's yeah. training your body to bounce back quicker. Yeah. And I, that's it, really what HRV is. Wouldn't you say that's what is. HR, you know, yep. the HRV it, it, reading it, is? It is a measurement of our physical strength against stress. I, I absolutely believe that that is, is what that number is telling us. How how resilient is your body against stress? Yeah, definitely. You know, you think about it. Take yeah, take so. somebody who who works in a seventy degree office and lives in a seventy degree house, and you know we have you know ten thousand dollar mattresses and two hundred dollar pillows and. You know, we have $250 shoes to make ourselves comfortable and we're wearing, you know, 32 versions of Tommy Copper on every joint. And we we do everything so that we're physically comfortable all day. Take Mm -hmm. that person who's done that and make them go out and dig a ditch in the Arizona heat and watch what happens to them. You could kill them. Yeah, because their body is physically weak. It can't deal with that stress, the stress of the heat, the stress of the resistance, the stress of the activity. This is all physical. Mm-hmm. We have to build our physical resilience to stress. And we don't think about stress that way. No, we, we really don't. And it's the same way as we don't think of st- mental stress being a physical, you know, having Right, you know, physical ramifications on the body. It's just it doesn't. It's and and that's why I think stress. When you mention it to someone, it kind of just goes in one out one ear and out the other. I mean, I can even admit to that. At you know, right. before I really understood I, yeah. what yeah. stress is doing, you know, you kind of just roll your eyes about. Oh, you have to relieve stress. You no, know, it's like. <laughs> Great. Yeah, here we I'm go again. I'm not going to become a, you know, a yogi or, yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> you kinda, I kind of roll my eyes hearing it for so long and, and now it makes perfect sense. And, and you know, I think back to a stressful moment when you're hearing stressful information and your react, your body's reaction to it. I mean, if you're just hearing something, like for instance, um, if you're getting, you know, if you're in the dating game and you're getting, someone's about to break up with you and you know it's about to happen, your heart starts to race. Your yes. stomach is in knots. You yeah. get hot and sweaty. And I mean, those are physical 
symptoms yeah. of stress and it's all it's not, nothing happening to you physically other than you're hearing something but <laughs> right. your physical that's just your body's handling it it's just what goes on your blood pressure goes up i mean it is it is very true you hear something stressful and your body automatically has this stress response and cortisol is released and you get super thirsty because then I don't even know why. Have you noticed that you get super thirsty <laughs> right. when you're stressed? <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. All those oh. chemicals. I mean, so, yeah. it's a chemical cascade happening in your body. Um, so I, I think, again, I, I know I've said this a lot, but I'm going to keep saying it. I think this idea to look at it this way is a big breakthrough. I want to continue working on this. We're, we're going to do some things to prove this. Then I mentioned that I, I'm going to move on to sleep now. And I want to do that same kind of deep dive into sleep. And it's interesting when you kind of set your intentions like that. I haven't really gone out and started this process yet. But just because I was talking about it and I'm intent on doing it, I and I, I even mentioned I need to find something new about sleep because I've read everything there is. And I know that sounds kind of arrogant. Mm -hmm. Obviously, I haven't read everything. But when I go to try to read something new, it's never new anymore. Everything I read about sleep, I've already read. I need something new. Mm -hmm. I need a breakthrough like this idea yeah. of stress. So I, I read an interesting article this morning. Just showed up. I was scrolling through news like I always do. And I think that this is a better approach to sleep than what... So I've even talked about this. I've, I've said that I could write the book on sleep hygiene. I've read all this stuff. I know it. I could put together the whole list of everything you should do all day long to improve your sleep. You should get up in the morning and make sure you're awake when the sun rises. You should be outside watching it. You know, I could go through the whole day. You should avoid caffeine after a certain mm -hmm. amount of time. If you're going to do lots of physical activity, that should be earlier in the day. When it comes to nighttime, you should have, you know, your room should be between 60 and 70 degrees. You should, should be totally dark. You should cover up even little tiny indicator lights so you can't see those. Um, you know, if it's not super quiet where you live, then you should probably have some white noise to block out all the distracting noise. I could go on and on and on and on and on about all the things you should do that will improve your sleep. <laughs> and yeah. none yeah. of them work. That's the sad truth to all this. None of them work. And I think I understand why now. And that this article really hit the nail right on the head. Um, and you were listening, you know, those Chinese things. Have you ever tried one of those things? Stick your fingers and your thumbs in it. It's like woven string. Oh, kind of. yeah. And it tightens up. Yeah. When you, when you try uh, to take your, tighten up around your fingers. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> when you try to pull your fingers back yes. out, it tightens. And the harder you try to pull your fingers apart, the tighter it gets and you can't do it. That's really what we're doing with sleep. We're trying so damn hard to get to sleep. We're stressing <laughs> ourselves out over all this stuff. It's so true. <laughs> and honestly, this stuff really doesn't make much difference. Now, if we fix the root cause of your sleep issue, whatever that happens to be, and I think it, there are several that it could be. I haven't figured out mine yet. If we fix the root cause, then... Could doing some of those other things help some? Probably. 
you, you might be able to improve your, your overall sleep a little bit by doing some of those things. But all of those things, you could do every one of them in a day, but it's, it's not going to help your sleep. Yeah. But yet we keep writing I mean, articles. 15 things you can do today to sleep better tonight. Yeah, they're not working. Yeah, I mean, there are the cases that it doesn't work on. But, I mean, I can't tell you how many people I talk to that aren't doing any of those things. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you got to start somewhere. <laughs> you do have to start somewhere, yeah. It, it's, it's looking like the most important thing is going to be our schedule. And it... it yeah. In some ways, that's a little scary because maybe we can't control our schedule, but we could probably control it more than we think. Like, I know that one of the problems I absolutely need to fix, I haven't even attempted this yet, but I know I need to. I need to reset when I sleep. And I don't know why or how it changed, mm-hmm. but I now, and maybe it's that whole thing about throughout our lives, we sleep in different cycles and maybe I just have to get used to this. The problem is that it's, it's the show interferes with my sleep now used to be that I'd wake up at 4.30, 5 o'clock in the morning, no alarm, have plenty of time in the morning, my favorite time of day. Now it's everything I can do to get out of bed before 7. And I have to be on the air at 8. I, would, yeah. I, I do sleep better on the weekends when I can sleep until just about 7.30. Even like 30 more minutes even helps. Uh, most days I try to you know, get out of bed between 6.30 and 7, at least give myself a little bit of time. Uh, I, I know I need to reset that. So we do. I was going to say, I know it's possible to reset it because yeah. I've, I've, I have to do it. I fall in and out of it every so often. I'm about to fall in and out of it here once we have a time change again, yeah. because that always happens to me. So I know for a fact that you can reset it but it is, it's, it's, you know, it's commitment and it's not easy in the beginning. And right. what, what I have a hard time with is when we have clients to work with that are driving through the night, that's, that's a, where I have a difficult time giving advice. That's a tough one. And the bigger one, and I know Sarah's working on this a lot, team drivers, this may be the worst. Not only is yeah. their schedule, How does that work? yeah. Not only is their schedule screwy, but when they sleep, they have to sleep in a moving truck. Mm. That's the challenge. Yeah, so you're not getting the no, you're, sleep. You're, right, mm-hmm. right. You know, some people say, "Oh no, I sleep great in a moving vehicle." Sometimes you do, but then there's, well, what about that hard stop? What about, you know, traffic and just stop and go? And there's all kinds of things that can interfere with your sleep. Yeah, there might be that one time where sleeping in a moving vehicle, you get your best sleep ever. Uh, But that's when you have to live in that truck and sleep in that truck constantly. That's not a good sleep cycle at all. It's definitely going to be disruptive, like you said, you know, because I think about on a boat. I sleep great on a boat yeah, when we're running. Right. Um, but it's disruptive. But the minute I, I hear the throttle pull back and we're slowing down, you wake up. I pop right up. Like yeah. it's immediate. Yeah. yeah. So I can imagine. And that would be interesting is to, to track your sleep um, outside the truck and then inside the truck and see what, you know, the difference is no. there. 
I'd, I'd love to see that, actually. I, I would love to do an in-depth study on this because I have some theories, and I don't. I think a lot of people might disagree with me, but I, I have a theory that overall, if we were to take big groups, overall, I think truck drivers might sleep better than the general population. And I think the it, it, we, we will get rid of the team drivers. That's a whole different issue we'd have to deal with. Um, drivers that are on an overnight schedule, we can we've got to throw them out of the mix because human beings aren't designed to be awake all night. Um, but in general, a truck driver who yeah. is just general over-the-road freight uh, and can kind of pick and choose when they drive, and most people can. I mean, on most freight, we could choose to either drive at night or drive during the day. Uh, and, and, you know, your schedule is going to be a little screwy, but you you could choose. Um, a lot of times you can. And here's what I think happens. I, I, I really think that our sleep is going to come down to our schedule. And I think truck drivers have more control over their schedule than most employees do. I mean, think about it. They have a load and that load might take two or three days to deliver from start to finish. We're talking about long freight. Well, nobody tells them that you have to start driving this morning at seven o'clock. Now, I know we have, you know, hours of service and logbook, but you still have freedom here. You could leave at seven or you could leave at 830. You might even be able to leave at noon today if you wanted. And over the next couple of days, you have some control over when you work and when you sleep. And I, I actually think that, that we can use that to our advantage, that this doesn't have to be a big problem in trucking. We just have to manage it better. Yeah, I, was, I always wondered that, how much flexibility There's the actually truckers quite had. A bit. And, you know, it, is there typically like a deadline that needs to be here by this? Date, sometimes, time, like, sometimes, sometimes okay. we have appointments. Sometimes you actually have a, a, an appointment. You are going to deliver this load at 7 a.m. on Thursday morning. But other times it, it's, and again, I don't have scientific numbers, but just from my own experience, most freight is not that scheduled. You have much more flexibility in, in many loads. When, when you show up at the dock, they'll take it off your truck. I mean, that's just how it works. So there mm -hmm. is, I'm not saying we have total control over our schedule, but we have more control over, the, over our schedule than somebody who works in an office or punches a time clock. Yeah, yeah, definitely. You know, I have control huh. over my schedule, but only, I mean, if I'm smart about it, not total control. I mean, I would love to say, look, that eight o'clock thing isn't working for me right now. I, I'm going to move my show to 10 so I have more time to sleep in the morning. Well, I, I could do that, but it wouldn't be a good business decision. And then what if it didn't work? Oh, well, 10 isn't working. Let me try 930. That's not going to work. I mean, people are going to get frustrated that they don't know when to listen to the show. So I do have to pick a time and kind of stick to it. And unfortunately, right now, 8 o'clock used to be the ideal time for me. Wake up at 4.30, 5 o'clock. Yeah. Hell, I could do my protocol. I can go out and play in the garden a little bit. I still have plenty of time to get ready for my show. That was ideal for me under my old sleep schedule. But this new sleep schedule is mm -hmm. actually kind of a struggle. But So the answer is I'm not going to move the show. I'm going to try to reset my sleep cycle. You know, there's another thing about human sleep that we know, and there's just 
no way around this. For whatever reason, all human beings, even though we're slightly different in our sleep schedules and it can change throughout the year, um, most human beings, in fact, almost all human beings, will get their best shot at deep sleep between 9 p.m. and about 2 or 2.30 a.m. That's when you have your best opportunity to get deep sleep. You get your best opportunity for REM sleep. It's opposite. It's at the end of your sleep cycle that you're much more likely to get a lot of REM sleep right before you wake up, actually. So when we, when we have a schedule where we're not going to bed, we're not even attempting to sleep till midnight, you only have an hour or two where you're likely to get much deep sleep. Yeah, that's true. I, I'm just like scrolling through my sleep here, um, my data, and I'm seeing, I definitely, most of my deep sleep is in the very beginning of my yeah. of my night. And I mean, REM tends I, I to, to be towards the end. Early, well, yeah, see, that's the thing. Yep. And that, that will help you get more deep sleep because you're, you're in that time frame where your body is likely to get deep sleep. You know, those nights where I can't fall asleep till one thirty or 2, I get zero deep sleep. Now it makes sense. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah, I woke up this morning at like 3 a.m. and I couldn't go back to sleep until probably 5.30. You know, that's a... So, we can <laughs> see that as a pretty common sleep pattern among humans that they, they have at this period where they wake up. It turns out that if we look back historically, a lot of cultures actually practiced what they called biphasic sleep. So a, a common thing, and if we go back far enough before electric light, this was really common. So you might, in the wintertime, you might go to sleep at six o'clock at night. It's dark. What the hell else are you going to do? I mean, we slept by, you know, yeah. light and dark schedules. So if you went to bed at six, you may wake up at one o'clock in the morning. And people would actually get up and do things because they knew they wouldn't fall right back to sleep. They might get up and, you know, work on something. They might actually get up and visit. This was a more common thing. And then after a couple hours, they'd go back and sleep again a second time. Huh, interesting. I mean, that would have been great for me today because I was literally up for hours just trying to get back to sleep. Fighting it, right? Yes, completely fighting. <laughs> right, it. right. It's so strange. I had a weird dream and that was it. It just completely, I woke up and I couldn't stop thinking and then that was it. Yeah. That was the end. The yeah. end of my slumber. <laughs> <laughs> right. So yeah. this idea of, well, just get up and go do something. And then it, it, maybe you'll be up mm -hmm. the rest of the day or maybe you'll get tired and you'll go back to sleep a couple hours again. Uh, I, I'm going to, I may attempt to work on biphasic sleep. I, I may just try. It seems so weird, though, to get up at two o'clock in the morning and go do something. Even, you know, there have been times I've tempted to just go out and walk around the neighborhood. And I'm like, you know, if I do it, the cops are going to show up. I'm sure of it. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm going to set off somebody's <laughs> ring. Yeah, I'm going to set off somebody's ring camera. and They're going to call the cops. Why is this guy wandering around the streets at two o'clock in the morning? But I, I just I. I you know, historically, that was a much more common way of sleeping. And and we can see it because we you talk to people, oh, yeah, I always wake up then and I can't go back to sleep. 
You know, what's interesting as well is, I don't know if you've ever been to an acupuncturist or someone who studies um, like Eastern medicine is that they, if you tell them, oh, I woke up at 1am or something like that, they're immediately going to tell you a different way of reading is that um, it's reflective of different parts of your body. So I remember that I had amalgam fillings removed and I'd say like a month later, I had the craziest things happening. I had the the, bot, like my hands, the palm of my hands and the bottom of my feet. I would wake up at one in the morning and they would be itching me like really crazy itching. Yeah. It was bizarre. I would just start itching my hands and my feet and, 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 and then I noticed that my whole body would be itching. And so I would wake up and I would have like nail marks all over me wow. from itching in my sleep. Huh. And I remember I, I went to, I was living in California and I went to an acupuncturist there and she barely spoke any English. And she said, oh, it's your liver. If it's between one and three in the morning, it's usually your liver's main time for detoxification. Wow. And I just, I just, pulls up a, a calendar and that's exactly what I just saw as well. One to three. And then, so you can look back and then before that from 11 to 1 AM at your gallbladder. So it's interesting that, you know, Eastern medicine has a different way of looking at it. If it's a time that you're, if you're waking up at a certain time every night and it's pretty consistent, that's what they do is they link it to a part of your body. And so I remember she put me on a liver detox and after a while, it, it, it went away. But I mean, it was very bizarre. I wanted to get rid of the amalgam fillings. I felt like they could be, you know, the mercury could be causing harm. Yeah. And I didn't go to a holistic doctor for it or a holistic dentist well, for it. I just and, asked a regular dentist about it. Yeah. And itching is a so sign of detoxing. We detox through our skin. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Hmm. So I thought that was interesting. Yeah. So I... When someone brings it up with me, and it's funny, a lot of the times when people bring it up, it is liver. It's between one and three. Um, so that's the only reason I know that one is right. between one and three. Right. But, you know, apparently throughout the day, different times are reflective of different parts of the body. So hmm. I thought that was interesting. That is. That is. Hey, the calls are piling up. What do you say we take some? Let's do it. All right. Let's go to Iowa. Stan, welcome to the program. Hello? Yep. Stan, you're up. Hello? Yeah, you got it. Hey, I was uh, looking at the loves. Is that the watch you're talking about, the diesel too? Yes. That's the uh, trucker Garmin watch? Yes. And that has the new uh, HRV readings. Oh, great. Yep. Right. Okay, that's what I'm looking for. I think I'll buy it on, uh, when I get home off this trip. And one other thing I'm having a little issue with, I, I listened to the American Heart Association for years. My father died of a heart attack. My uncle died of a heart attack. So my blood pressure was creeping up. So I did what they told you to do, stay away from fat and all that. So listening to you, I started to put butter in my coffee and eating avocados and drinking olive oil, and my heart went perfectly normal. <laughs> and uh, Yeah. I'm just having an issue right now with I'm doing it, but I'm, my blood pressure is starting to creep back up again. And uh, and I kind of so, I'm thinking about your cardio rescue. 
uh, Cardio Miracle, but before we get to the supplements, let's talk about your overall diet. So you've added some good fats back in. That's excellent. The butter, the olive oil, all fantastic. Right. You're seeing good results from that. Um, have you made any other changes to your diet? Yeah, I pretty much eat clean. I don't eat anything out of a box. It's all real food. Okay, no grains? No grains. Okay. So no, if, no rice. if that's no. the case, if you're eating that clean and your blood pressure is starting to creep back up, you could uh, add the Cardio Miracle every day. That's probably going to fix it. But I would also say that this is an indicator of what we've been talking about all day today and just about every day. Um, when we see people's blood pressure start to creep back up, it's almost always going to be stress-related if they're eating a clean diet. You know, we always check first, make sure you haven't slipped on your diet. doesn't sound like you have. That's going to be stress-related. Now, the Cardio Miracle will help, but we should also address the, the stress part of it through our stress protocol. Right. That's what I got to work on. I, I, I live in Florida, so um, you know, on the cold, I can turn cold shower on. It's still warm. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Jump in the pool, still warm. Yeah, the and only... The, so that if, part's difficult. Yeah, if you want to practice the cold exposure in Florida, you're just going to have to buy ice and do it. And I know that's a pain in the ass and it can get expensive. And, you know, you're not going to do that every day. So I, I would say once in a while, if it's not that big of a deal to buy a couple bags of ice and do it, go ahead and do it. It helps. Um, focus on the others instead. You know, it, there there are four of them and, and they all work and they all do slightly different things. But you can make huge improvements even if you're not doing all four. Focus on the other three. Sure. And that's pretty much where I'm interested in buying the Garmin watch, and I'll try to look at my uh, battery, yeah. even battery, and I'll try to, to pay more attention to sleep. And I'm like you said, I'm a team driver, so I that's think a tough I sleep one. better in the truck. Well, that's good. Yeah, I, yeah, I think I. I, I I have a feeling if we were really to, you know, list out driver health issues, I don't think sleep is going to, no, it's an issue. There's no doubt. I'm not sure it would be in the top three for drivers though. And I think for a lot of Americans, it is in the top three. I, I, I slept great the whole time I was in trucking. It was radio that screwed up my sleep. The, the midnight show. I had all kinds of screwy schedules as a driver and it. I always slept good. I always had good sleep. It was the, the midnight right. show and that started all my problems. I have a feeling that uh, if we were really to dig into it, that sleep isn't, uh, you know, in the top three for drivers. Right. I, I noticed one thing, like uh, probably two years ago and I was listening to too much news. I was, I know I wasn't sleeping right. I was getting, yeah, Mentally, that'll that'll do uh, it. Probably crazy. Yeah, yeah. no, that'll do. I realize, it. you know what? I'm I'm listening to. Yeah, I said I got to cut out the news. This is driving me totally insane. And yeah, I, uh, I cut out the news. I I've I done catch that. up with certain things. And yeah, I I realize that I can't right. totally check out from the news because of what I do. Uh, but I did check out on the weekends Com completely. I don't look at my phone over the weekends. I don't watch news. I don't scroll social media. I stay away from all that stuff all weekend long. Right. That's great. Oh. I think even yeah. if you're reading the news is, is healthier than just some people turn on the news as a habit, just the first thing they do in the morning. 
Um, I know I grew up in a house where my dad, you know, the first thing he does is work out for, for, you know, get some cardio in for like 20 minutes and the news is always on. (laughs) And when he leaves the room, it's still on. So, and I notice immediately when I hear it, that my heart rate goes up. I feel a little anxious. So I notice just turning it off or putting it on mute really does make a difference. Well, here's the other thing. Really, when, when I was growing up, we had an hour of news in the evening and then maybe an hour of news at the end of the day, maybe 11 o'clock. Uh, and that was about it. Mm-hmm. And Today, it's multiple channels, 24 hours a day, nonstop, TV, radio, internet. And in reality, all of the stuff that is really news can still be wrapped up in an hour a day. There isn't more news. There isn't. It is so repetitive. You know, I've told people, if you want to make yourself crazy, um, either put on two TVs or just switch back and forth between Fox and CNN all day long. It will make you insane. It, but yet, oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's, it, but it's so repetitive because there's just not that much news. Mm-hmm. But, I know you're right. It's very repetitive. Yeah, so <laughs> very that, few positive things on the news. <laughs> right. That alone is stressful. It's all bad news, but then it gets repeated over and over and over. Talk about pounding it into your brain. You're right. So you have to be very, very careful of that. Uh, and I have, I never used to be, I could, yeah. you know, and sometimes during the week I still do it. I'll get off the air and if I have a lot of reading to do right now, I'm, I'm kind of reading and working on um, two presentations. I, I just I have a, uh, a speaking engagement coming up um, at the beginning of November. Uh, I'm actually kind of excited about the trip. I'm going to do something a little different on the trip this year. Um, I'm taking the train. Cool. Yeah, I got looking at, you know, I was going to take the coach And then I thought, you know, we need to get it in the shop. There's a lot done. And that way, you know, right after Christmas, we can hit the road with the shop. We'll probably stay gone the rest of the winter. So I thought, no, I'm not going to be able to take the coach. And then I looked at flying and I just hate flying anymore. So I thought, what about the train? Actually, it was Lisa's idea. Um, We've taken the train before and we love it. So I'm going to take the train there. Uh, and it takes me three days actually to get there. It's 48 hours from here to Chicago on the Empire Builder. And then I go from Chicago to Memphis on the city of New Orleans is the train. Isn't there a song about that one? Nighttime on the city. Oh, I don't know. Of, there's a song about the city of New Orleans. That's a that's the name of the train. Um, oh, it is? Yeah, there's a really old song. What is that song? Oh, I can't think of it. Anyway, so that, and that, that's like another 10 hours. So it's, you know, a good three days. Uh, the nice thing about that, I've driven around the country, across the country so many times, but the key there is I'm driving. You really don't get to sightsee much when you're driving. You just can't. You know, I notice I, I'm not, very often a passenger in a vehicle, but when I am, you can really look around and see a lot of stuff. You don't get to do that when you're driving. So for me, the train 
you know, I've been all through all this territory many times, but when I'm on the train, I actually get to just relax and watch. So three days, it'll give me time to kind of finalize my presentation and just kind of unwind. And uh, so I'm kind of looking forward to that. Oh, Matt says it's a Willie Nelson song, actually. Huh. Oh. At nighttime on the city of New Orleans, it seems like. I don't think that's Willie Nelson, though. Not the version I'm thinking of. I'll have to go look. Hmm. Anyway, hmm. Um, I, I, I got thinking. I haven't done a presentation in like three years. It's been a long time. I used to do them all the time. Um, so I'm going to yeah. write. Yeah, I'm going to take some time and write all new material on that. Um, we should take a call. Calls are piling up. Let's uh, let's get to them. Let's go to Texas. Paul, welcome to the program. Yes, it's Willie Nelson song. It is. <laughs> yeah. Huh. Classic, right there. It's a good song. It is a good. You'll be singing that by the time you get to Memphis. I, the, I, you know, I'm thinking yeah. there's another version out there though that isn't Willie Nelson. I'm now I've got to go look this up. Uh, Twenty-eight sacks a mile. That's one of the lines in there. So. Oh God! Yeah, so, All right. Um, I I sleep real good. I control my schedule. I don't like starting work early, but I don't mind working late. It's not uncommon for me to work till midnight or thereabouts, but I don't start work at midnight or 2 a.m. Never. It's not happening. Hmm. Well, I'm more like a, a six o'clock is an early start for me, but more like seven, eight, nine, ten, or even midday. So Okay, time. so... Okay, so it is a, let's see, who did the remake? I'm going to guess that Willie Nelson is the remake. Um, the version I'm thinking of is Arlo Guthrie. Oh, okay. So somebody, it's a so, remake for somebody. We'll figure it out. But I do see that uh, yep. Willie Nelson, uh -huh. you know, I just, I don't ever remember hearing Willie Nelson sing that one. Not that I'm a huge Willie Nelson fan, so that may be part of it. <laughs> That's probably it. Yeah. He's a legend. He's a legend well, he is. He when, is. He, when he dies, when he dies, it'll become a state holiday in Texas. Yeah. Texas will stop <laughs> there you the day go. he dies. There you go. <laughs> yeah. So, a, fr a friend of mine, in 2020, his work pretty much disappeared, so he didn't really do a lot. He, he, uh, he did a lot of drinking. He put on a lot of weight. 2021 and 2022, he started burning the candle at both ends. Go, go, go. Got to catch up. And he's been building a house. He's 300 plus pounds. He's actually going to the doctor today, but I, I told him, I said, the regular doctor is going to tell you, cut down on your sodium intake. Cut, e cut eating that red meat. And do the low fat thing, but he's got he's got problems. He told me yesterday. He says I'm struggling to get my shoes on because he's got fluid retention. He's got oh. high blood pressure. Uh, early forties. He's a big guy, but he's even bigger now. So because 
when I first met him, he was probably 260 pounds, but he's about six foot tall. Well, now he's well over the 300, I'll guarantee it. But I told him he should probably do a NutriQ and talk to you or Lauren. Would that be a good place to start? Yeah, definitely a good place to start. Um, but diet is definitely where he needs to start. There's no doubt. Fluid retention and stuff like that. That's that's what do you, what's the first thought that you have, Kevin? For me, it's kidney and bladder. Absolutely. Yeah. It, it, you know, here's the thing. This is this stuff is so repetitive. It, it's so easy to prove all of this stuff now. Um the minute people change their diet, all of these things go away. Everything we're talking about mm-hmm. is all metabolic. The fact that we now know less than 10% of the adult population is metabolically healthy. Less than 10%. I think it's seven something. Um, so it, it, we know it. Change the diet. All these things go away. We don't have to address each one individually. We don't have to address the fluid retention or the low energy or the brain fog or the whatever it might be. We address the diet. 90 plus percent of the symptoms resolve themselves. And then the few that are left over, we can go, you know, directly attack those in a one-on-one. But Lauren, don't don't you see over and over and over in discovery calls, all you're going to do is recommend a specific diet for 30 days. If they do it, everything gets better. Yeah, that's, I mean, typically my number one protocol is diet information, how to usually do uh, like a nutrient-dense keto. And then the second step is, you know, addressing digestion, which I do in the... At, at the same time, you know, right, right. I don't want them to have to just do a diet change and then come back in a month and then we're only addressing digestion. I like to kind of get the ball rolling. So yeah. I'm, you know, it's diet and digestion all in one. And then, yes, you're absolutely right. Most of the time they're feeling so amazing that they don't even come back. <laughs> right. Um, That's the end of the it. Ones that, yeah. The ones that come back. Yeah. It's usually, well, you know, pretty much fixes, you know. <laughs> The, the issues at hand, but it all depends. But, but, you know, if you're so far down that your kidney and bladder, like so far down that, you know, the, basically when you look at the NutriQ, the symptom burden graph, and you read it from left to right, kidney and bladder is way down on the right-hand side. And we know that we can't address things on the right-hand side until we've addressed everything to the left of that. So if, you know, we're taking baby steps and we're like, okay, well, diet is most likely going to change and, you know, and help a lot of that stuff. I'd say about halfway through the, the graph, but then it's just going to be some fine tuning. Okay. Well now let's look at your food and mood journal and figure out what's going on with that. And we'll make little tweaks there, but sometimes, you know, it does take a little more handholding for sure. Well, his stress level is through the roof at times. He, he, he'll, he'll explode. He's stressed out to the max mm-hmm. frequently. And I asked him yesterday, I said, so can you sleep five or six hours straight? And he said, hell no. He says, I'll wake up every two hours. i got to pee. Yeah. yeah it's it, that's it's all the same. Yeah. And the answer's the same and it works and it's just, 
convincing people that it works. I, that that's our biggest challenge. Oh, I mean, it, to convincing people that this works, and and I understand why, because they've heard everything else, all the advice they've heard their whole life never works. The diets they've been told to try don't work. The yeah. it, nothing works. I, it, it's shocking to me how wrong we get this stuff. Well, he, yeah. he doesn't. He doesn't listen to you now. He used to listen when you're on the other channel, but he was not really a fan of the. He was a fan of the trucking side, but not the health so much. And right, um, he don't. He don't. He don't listen now at all. But I told him. I said, "You may not like what I'm going to say." I said, "But you need to be listening to Rutherford," and because uh, I've heard the results. It works. It just works. It works every yeah. time, too. So, yeah. So, because yeah. and last year and early this year, he was he has a glider. So, you know what he was doing? He was burning the candle at both ends. Yeah. So, yeah. But um, I asked him the other day. I, he told me where I was, and I said, "So are you going east or west?" And he says, oh, "I'm still going west." And I, oh, okay. And he said, yeah, I, he said, I'm slowing down. I said, I told you it would happen. Because <laughs> yeah, so, years ago, he'd say where he was and say, yeah, which way are you going? Or are you on a, because he'd just keep on trucking old school. Yeah. It's got to go. Yeah. So, yeah. But it, it's, it's catching up with him now. And he's, he's about 16 or 17 years younger than me. But if he don't do something, he won't make it to my age. So, yeah. Yeah, so, that's yeah. for sure. I'm, I'll talk to them later today and tell them what to do. So, yeah. So, okay, thanks. I mean, he's either going to hear it from a doctor where they're going to put band aids on a bunch of stuff, and he's going to kind of feel a little good for a little bit of time, but it's not going to address the problem, and he's just going to get sicker. It's just unfortunate. Yep. So he can either address it now, or he can wait till he's much you know, in a worse place and then try to address it later on. But the longer you wait, the harder it is. I mean, I would be doing, yeah, I'd be doing people a disservice if I didn't tell them that, you know, every time I work with someone, I say, Oh, I wish I, I wish you would have called me when you first started noticing these symptoms because now we have to address this, this and this before we address this, you know, and we're just, adding problems. You just brought up a good point. Something that could have been avoided. Yeah, you you just brought up a good point and made me think about something. So if we talk about diet, um, I have seen diet fix people pretty quickly, even really late into life. Like I started in my 50s and I'm blown away by the results I got. Um, We've had people in their 70s start to eat right for the first time. And the results are pretty amazing. Um, certainly there can be more challenges. And, and the, you know, we know that if we deal with women who ate low fat for a long, long time, we have more challenges. But on diet, it seems like we can really, really let things go for a long time and diet can fix them pretty quickly. Not always, and it is more of a challenge. But I will say on the stress side, If you let things go too far on the stress side, it becomes really, really difficult to turn it around. And the and now I understand why 
that that I understand this whole process. What happens is we, like I said, we have to stress ourselves to build that stress muscle. The problem is, it, it's kind of like I'll go back to that running analogy. If if you have never run in your life and you're now 40 years old and overweight, how hard is it going to be to start a running program? It's going to be really, (laughs) really difficult. You're not going to be able to run the first day. You're probably going to have to try a fast walk or a little bit of a jog, and you're going to be exhausted in no time. And guess what? You can't even go do it the next day. If you tried to do it the next day, you're actually hurting yourself. You would overtrain at that point just by, by trying to do a brisk walk two days in a row might be too much for somebody. Once you let that, that stress muscle get so weak and that's where a lot of people are. And that's when they're totally overstressed. Like, you know, Paul was just describing this guy, he blows up over things. He's angry. When you get to that point and you've allowed your stress muscle to become so weak it becomes very difficult to strengthen it. You have to be, this is where we have to get really specific with the HRV readings. And if you wake up and you have a weak reading of HRV, all you can do that day is avoid stress. Trying to work out when your numbers are, are in the tank, it just makes you worse. That's true. It's very, very true. Well, a lot of these things are, are connected as well. You know, we were talking about thyroid earlier, um, and we know that the thyroid is directly affected by our adrenals. And, you know, that's why we need to address the adrenals. And one of the things that directly affects the adrenals is sugar handling. So when you think about this, you know, from a functional perspective, that's why I say you have to address certain foundations first. Absolutely. Yeah, you can go to a doctor for a thyroid issue because of, you know, some irregulation, you know, you know, there. But if your thyroid is not working properly, then your adrenals probably aren't working very, very well. And the reason for that probably I don't think it's just stress related. It can be just stress related. But let's be honest, it's usually started by sugar regulation. Well, let's let's clarify that even. When you take too much mm-hmm. sugar into your body, we can see the same physical stress response as a traumatic event. Yeah, that's true. The, the poor diet actually creates the stress response in our body. And so it's a vicious cycle. Right. Because then the stress, you know, causes the sugar reaction, you know, like the glucose being received from the hormones. And so... It's this cascading effect that then starts to circle back around and it's, you know, this, this constant flow that I wish someone would have come to me when it was just sugar handling and we could have addressed that before it got all the way down to your thyroid and now we're dealing with Hashimoto's and things of that nature. Yeah. So that's, and that's the whole thing that we, you know, are constantly trying to address and really stress with people is don't wait until it's gotten worse. Let's address it now while we can, because you're going to be more likely to address the issues right now than if we add two more huge steps to addressing it. You know, if you have SIBO, that's a whole other thing to address than 
just addressing digestive support, you know? So don't don't allow it to get that far gone, that far away from you. Let's let's work with it right now while you have the reins in your hands. Don't wait until the reins have fallen off your hand out of your hands and your horse is out of control, you know? Like good let's point. jump on it now. Don't yeah. don't wait. Yeah, good point. Uh, what do you say we take a call? We've got some calls again. All right. Actually, we never got through them all. Let's uh, let's go to Nevada. Jim, welcome to the program. Hi, Kevin. What's on your uh, mind today? Hey, I you were talking to, you were talking about sleep a little while ago, and and uh, I've been running COVID COVID emergency since it started, and uh, there's days I'll do eleven hundred miles, twelve hundred miles. Sometimes I get about three hours of sleep, get all my drops off, and uh, this was a heck of a week this week, and and, uh, I could tell I was being pushed to the limit. Uh, And then I got a good, good night's hours, good, good night's sleep, and the next, yesterday, I I still felt, you know, I could have slept all day again. Uh... I was loading watermelon, and uh, I found a steak in my refrigerator that my wife left in there for me. I ate that son of a gun up, and I'll be darned if I had all kinds of energy again. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Crazy how that works. I'm, uh, I'm 60 years old, and I, I can't run as hard as I used to just, you know, four years ago. Uh I could I could do fifteen hundred miles back then, you know, using logbooks, yeah. paper log, and and uh, DOT, DOT still doesn't like me using paper logs right now. But you use an electronic log. I tried it once, and it gave me ninety six violations. <laughs> well, of course, <laughs> well, of course, it hard did. to get rid you, of. You run fifteen hundred <laughs> miles. Of course, it did. It's a wonder your ELD didn't have an aneurysm and explode. I know, I know. Well, it kind of is busted now. Yeah. So it gives us enough, gives me another excuse to use paper log. There you go. But I wanted to ask you, I wanted to ask you about that brain, uh, brain octane you have. Yeah. Like uh, now that I am a little older, I do get that brain fog and, and memory loss sometimes. This is and my I know I, secret I weapon. It, and here, here's the explanation. Here's, well, that, why, here's why it works. It's nothing special. Brain Octane is actually a pretty simple product. I could buy a 3,000-gallon tote of it on the Internet right now if I wanted to. Um, Brain Octane is just a cool marketing name. Um, but all we're talking about is a part of coconut oil. So we actually isolate a specific Whoa. fat out of coconut oil. So coconut oil, I'm going to simplify a little bit. Coconut oil has four different fats in it. It has others, but we're going to focus on these four. We identify those four fats by a number, and the number is how many bonds are in that molecule. So we could have, and we refer to it as C6, six bonds, C8, eight bonds, C10, and C12. 
the fewer bonds there are, the easier our body can digest that fat. In fact, C6 and C8, our body does not technically digest them. They don't go through our digestive process. They don't go through our, our whole digestive tract. They get absorbed right through our small intestine and go straight to our liver. And our liver then converts them to ketones. And it happens fast and it happens easy if we were to use something like C6. Well, the problem with C6, when you isolate it, it tastes horrible and there's no way to fix it. It just tastes bad. The, so then we looked at C8. C8 also goes straight to the liver, doesn't go through the digestive process, converts to ketones really easily, and C8 has no taste at all. That's all brain octane is, it's C8. And the reason wow. it works is because our brain loves ketones. So the fastest way to produce ketones is to use something like C8. Now, fasting can do it. The more you fast, the deeper you fast, the more ketones you'll create. The lower carb you eat all day long, you'll create more ketones. But a quick way to do it is to consume brain octane. And our body makes ketones and they go to our brain and our brain loves ketones. Would have to get some. Uh, one, one other question I wanted to ask you is, my mother's living with me, and she was on vacation and broke a hip. Well, the doctors started looking. They got her fixed right away up here. We got her home. But she's got osteoporosis real bad. And I heard you on the show one day telling her, you know, the first thing to do is work out. You get some muscle build up. Well, I told her that, and by golly, she's got probably bigger muscles than I have right now. Awesome. And she goes off for a walk, and, and she's she's 81 years old, and she's walking about 27 blocks a day, and she's pushing it further and further. Congratulations. Let me... And... You need to, you need to go tell her that she just saved her own life. The single biggest factor for an elderly person's health is a fall. That's usually the beginning of the end. Yeah. They, they fall because they got weak, yep, yep. because they never did strengthen their muscles. So they got weak and they fall. They break a bone. That is usually the beginning of the end. They usually decline from there, except she took control and changed her entire outcome. She saved her own life. Oh, she's fit. She's 120 pounds. That is uh, awesome. She can't wait to go see the doctor. The doctor wants to give her a shot every six months. Uh, and she's afraid she's going to be allergic to it. Uh, wait, wait, to the shot. So, and she doesn't so want to take it. What, so. what shot is the doctor trying to give her every six months? Something for her bones? Something for her bones. Oh, she, that, she should not and take it. I, I, she is doing exactly what she needs to strengthen her bones, and she does not need some toxic drug. That's what I told her. I told her, Mom, you're not going to take that drug. I don't care what the doctors say. You tell them no, and you keep working out. Yeah, tell her just to have she a... She gets a, up early tell, every tell her morning. To eat a big old fatty ribeye and some eggs for breakfast and go for a walk. She'll be fine.
Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Good. But, uh, now, I was going to ask you another thing. I'm being 60 years old. I've just lost all my muscle. I, I, I carry a 15-pound dumbbell in here, and I tell you what, it's just not working. It, oh. It's harder for, and it's hard to keep weight on. I'm 150 pounds. I've always been that way. Uh, back when I was younger, I'd gain 10 pounds and lose it in one day going to work. <laughs> right. Here's what you got. I, I have a great answer for you. Have you heard me talk yeah. about the X3 bar and the workout? I, I heard you talking about it, and I was telling my wife about it this morning. I think I'm going to buy it. Ten minutes a day, three times a week. It's all you need. You will be shocked at how fast your muscle comes back. You will notice, I, I, I'm going to make a claim here. If you get the X3 bar, you do the basic workout, which is 10 minutes. That's it. Three times a week will be yep. plenty. If you do it four or five, that's even better, but three a week is plenty. In 10 days, you will see, it, it, let me say this, in five workouts, that might take a little more than 10 days, um, basically two weeks. You get five or six workouts in in two weeks. You will notice a significant difference in two weeks. Right on. I, I've, I've been thin my whole life. I've, I've weighed probably about my same weight right now since I was probably 20 years old. Yeah, and, and that's good. I mean, there's nothing wrong with that. that. That's way better than the, you know, the average person who just keeps gaining weight every decade and gets less and less healthy. So you're in a good position. And yep. building muscle is not hard. And it's not hard even at our age. I'm, I'm your age. I am shocked at how easy it is for me to build muscle. Right on. Well, I'm going to let the wife know I'm going to go purchase that. There you go. I want to hear hear your right results. On. Thanks a lot, Kevin, man. You're welcome. I, I, I've been listening to you. I've been listening to you since uh, 2010. Wow. Back when you were on at, at midnight for an hour. Yeah. Yeah, well, thank you for the support. I appreciate it. Oh, gosh, I love you guys. All right. Love to listen to, to everything you guys have to say. I've learned a lot. Good, good. I want to hear your results. You got it. All right, we'll talk to you soon. Don't you love that, Lauren? What his mother did? Yeah. Isn't Always that incredible? Amazing. Yeah. Yeah, the doctor's not going to want to put her on any you know, inject injections now. Oh. I, don't, I couldn't imagine he would want to after she's building the strength. I guess we'll just have to see what he says, but you would that's, think that, that that's their answer. someone had such a positive turnaround. I know that's their answer. Yeah. Though. I didn't even know that there was, I haven't even heard of injections for that. So I'm, I'm kind of surprised. I'll have to look into that. Oh no. They, um, is it prolia? I think might be one of the drugs. Let me check that real quick. Prolia, I think. I mean, there's so many damn drugs, I get them all confused, though. Um, I know. <laughs> prolia is an injection. Uh, yeah, prolia is a prescription medication used to treat symptoms of osteoporosis and to increase bone mass. Um, yep. 
Uh, it is an injection. Uh, and I believe that this is, is this one of the biologics. Um, I'm not sure. But the, as soon as somebody breaks a bone, this is the kind of drug the doctors are reaching for now. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. So it, um, There's so much other stuff to do before you get there. So. <laughs> yeah. And, it, it, you know, let's look at the, um, the most common side effects of prolia, um, bladder infection. What? Really? I'm going to mm. take a drug that's, that's likely to give me a bladder infection, painful or difficult urination, back pain, muscle pain, and pain in your arms and legs. Those are the most common. The list of, I mean, it just goes on and on and on and on. Um, new or unusual pain in your thigh, hip, or groin, severe pain in joints, muscles, or bones, dry skin, peeling skin, redness, itching, blisters, oozing, and crusting, yuck. Numbness or tingly feeling around your mouth, fingers, or toes, muscle tightness or contraction, overactive reflexes, fever, chills, night sweats, swelling, pain, tenderness, warmth, pain, or burning when you urinate, increased or urgent need to urinate, severe stomach pain, cough, shortness of breath. Should I stop now? Those are the side effects. Yeah, that's... No, thank you. <laughs> Isn't that awful? No, thank you. Yeah. Yeah. Not surprising, though. No, no. And his mother did exactly what she should have done. Gone out and got active. Build some muscle. Mm -hmm. That's what will build that bone strength back. Everything we tell people about, you know, you should be supplementing with calcium and... Uh, just makes things worse. We don't need to supplement calcium. There's tons of calcium in our diet. What we need are the cofactors that make calcium work the right way. Exactly. <sighs> Which that we talk about exactly. all the time. Min mineral balance, light balance has a big impact on that. Keeping your vitamin D levels high. Those are, and you do not need to supplement calcium. You're going to get plenty of calcium uh, especially if you're eating a, a good, you know, keto or carnivore diet. No shortage of calcium. Yeah, if you want calcium, eat, you know, the Patagonia fish is from the store. Just yeah. eat those small fish with the bone in. They ha It also has all the good nutrients, like the vitamins, the fat-soluble vitamins you mentioned. It's, it's a complete, you know, source of calcium and other vital nutrients to actually, for your body to actually use the calcium properly, so... You know, I, I really, I really that. think, and, and we might as well just pick an age, 50, 60, whatever, uh, whenever you consider yourself elderly. And you shouldn't wait for this, but I can say that for elderly people, I, I'm going to make what may sound like kind of an outrageous statement. For elderly people, the single most important thing they could do for their health, I believe, is resistance training, even, even before diet. I mean, it's pretty... It's, I, I, I mean, you know me. I want everybody to change their it. diet. You, I absolutely want everybody to change their yeah. diet. It's a huge change in your life. But you take somebody like, you know, his mother. And we didn't even talk much about her diet. I, I hope she's eating better. I hope she's listening and she makes those changes. 
But I think the fact that she got out and got physically active and is starting to build muscle may be the single most important thing she could do. Mm-hmm. Now, I agree. if you change your diet, building that muscle becomes much easier. This is why, you know, people get this impression that, oh, I'm 60. I just can't build muscle anymore. And my testosterone levels are low. And um, all those things are true, but they don't have to be. We can get your testosterone level back up and you do not have to start losing muscle just because you're getting older. We can build incredible amounts of muscle at any age. Yeah. You know, it, it's interesting. I've talked about this testosterone issue several times. We've talked about soy and and why we, you know, don't like soy in the diet, even though they've tried to make soy to be a health food all these years. Um, it has a huge impact on testosterone levels in both men and women. And I think the standard American diet is really bad for testosterone levels. And we need to work actively to raise those testosterone levels. And once you do that, then building muscle is not difficult at any age. Mm-hmm. Once again, it's hormones. It's, it's hormones. I know hormones. It, it really does. <laughs> uh, hormones. You know, we, we, there's a lot we don't know about health. There's a lot we do know now. A lot of really good stuff we know. Mm-hmm. The areas where I think there's still a lot of potential um, are hormones, which we're talking about. I think we're learning a lot more about these now, how to manage them better. Um, mm. Oh, I had three in mind. Um, and I just drew a total blank. Specific hormones or, oh, just things other than hormones that are... Uh that we're learning a lot about the microbiome. Oh, there you go. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. I just totally, my mind went off in another direction. The microbiome, hormones, and stress. I think those are the three key areas and they're all intertwined. I mean, you can't totally separate the three. Our microbiome affects our stress. Our stress affects our microbiome. Oh, yeah. That that goes both directions. Um, our stress impacts our hormones, and our hormones impact our stress. So you you can't separate these things. But I think those three areas are really key, and they're the areas where we still have a lot to learn. I think. Yeah, you know, I, and when we talk about hormones, I think most people just think of sex hormones. They don't think about other things. But you know. There are plenty of hormones in the body that aren't related to sex. So we have leptin and ghrelin, which are our hunger and our, you know, you know, satiating hormones, the ones that, that make us feel hungry or, or full. So there are tons of hormones, Good even point. vitamin D is considered a hormone, yeah. a vitamin and a hormone. So we, we can't, we have to kind of shift the way of thinking um, in terms of, you know, when we say the word hormone, we're not just talking about testosterone and estrogen. We're talking about a, like a whole other list of hormones that people don't even think about. So oxytocin. you're right. I think, I think in the future, oxytocin, that's a great one. Yeah. Um, yeah, absolutely. That That's like the love hormone. Right. The one that we, that we feel when we look at baby you know, baby animals or right. baby humans and whatnot. So when you give someone a hug, so yeah, I think in the future we should really um, 
start educating more people on it and uncovering what these different hormones are and how important they are to the body. Because, I mean, something as simple as leptin and ghrelin, I mean, you hear people are using the word leptin resistance now. Right. They're saying that, you know, and, and that's something that I hadn't even heard until probably this year. It's really been top of mind for a lot of practitioners talking about it. So there's a lot, a lot still to be learned. You're absolutely right there. All right. So uh, one last thing, and then I think we're going to wrap up today. What do you think about this challenge idea? I know we're getting close and I've been throwing out this idea of a challenge and I can't, I haven't gotten to it yet, but I, you know, when, uh, when Guillermo brought up the whole Thanksgiving's coming, the flu season, you know, this, this whole time of year where everybody gets sick and they're concerned about their immune system. I do like that idea of kicking this off one month before Thanksgiving. I think that's great. I actually just saw, you know, you know, we were talking about the news earlier and how it just instills stress. Well, just watching television in, in general instills stress because the commercials are <laughs> full of, they use a scare tactic yeah. for everything. I mean, it's like yeah. fear is the biggest, you know, way to sell in something in my, you know, supposedly, because that's, they found that out. So, um, I was thinking one of the things I read today in the news was they were trying to scare people into getting this new booster shot for for coronavirus. And oh, I was yeah. like, oh, my goodness. Are you kidding me? So I think that's a great idea. I think going a natural route to help avoid getting sick during flu season is a great, is a great challenge to, to kick off. It's like a good time to kick off a challenge. So. I yeah, that's, that's wonderful. So, so here's kind of the way I'm envisioning this is first pick a diet, you know, and we'll help you with that. If you want, we'll, we'll come up with a way to make this easy. But, uh, you know, for me, it would be, um, fermented carnivore that, and, and getting mm-hmm. more strict on it. So we all know that we can practice a diet and sometimes we're not really strict on it. Sometimes we don't have to be, you know, I don't have to be deep into ketosis all the time to feel good, but I do know that when I'm deep into ketosis, I feel pretty darn good and I perform good. If I eat stricter carnivore, I feel better. So I would say pick your diet. And the goal is during this 30 days, we get really, really strict about that diet for 30 days. We're not going to try to do this forever, but let's get really strict about it for 30 days and let's practice the stress protocol. Let's see how much we can accomplish in this 30 days prior to the stressful season that's coming up. Let's do it. I love that idea. All right. We better go get busy then. We have a lot of work to go do. I know. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> and I just I just checked the wind forecast. I have no chance of getting on the river till uh, possibly Tuesday. <sighs> so oh, I know. Really? Yeah, so um no river time. I might as well get to work. I have a lot to do in the garden still, but uh we'll work on that. But I, I think we, we oh, need to get right. busy on this. Yeah. I agree. Let me know how I can help. All right. Will do. All right. We're going to wrap this up. Lauren, anything you want to finish with today? No, just uh, I think I think we, we pretty much covered it for the day. Just sending some thoughts and prayers out to those in the south of West Florida Oof, yeah. for 
dealing with the aftermath of that storm. But other than that, um, I think uh, a lot of us dodged it. So yeah, really feeling for them though. Oh yeah, my goodness. That's for sure. Like real devastation over there. Life changing yeah. stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Really. No doubt. All right. We will be back tomorrow. It's a free-for-all and rolling toe, and I think we're recording an episode of The Pit tomorrow. Pretty sure we are. Uh, so that'll get posted as well. So we will see you then. In the meantime, be safe, be profitable, be fit and healthy. Always do the hard work and master the journey. <laughs>